Connected TV devoured more than 60% of device ad views in the second half of 2020 and is now widely used by all age groups in the US. Listen on to hear how it will help drive AVOD ad revenue to 53 billion in 2025. this week's edition of the Video News End Screen Media Podcast. This is Will Richmond from Video News and Colin Dixon from End Screen Media joins me as always. Hi there, Colin. How are you? I'm doing very well, Will. Thank you very much. I'm enjoying the, I guess, <laughs> very swift entrance and exit of T-Vision from T-Mobile. Six, it lasted about six months in the market. Yeah, they were competing with uh, Quibi, I think, for the quickest entrance and exit, right? <laughs> I think they were. I don't. I, I can't. Not quite sure who won, but it was a very swift exit, and I think a well, a very ill-advised entry into the market was not destined for a long life. I think. Right. So we we may get a little bit of time at the end of the podcast to touch base on what happened to uh, T-Mobile to T-Vision. But what we wanted to talk about today was we had um, sort of multiple data points this week uh, pointing to, again, the strength of connected TV advertising and how that figures into the overall TV advertising landscape. And we, uh, you know, we're both excited about it and we wanted to share some of that with our listeners today. Yeah. um, So, so. I think we've got new data uh, from, you, you wrote about some new data that talks about advertising to connected TV. So why don't we kick off with that? Yeah, so what I focused on was a new report from Freewheel, their new US video marketplace report. This was actually the 10th anniversary. Made me feel a little bit old that uh, I still remember when that first edition of the VMR came out 10 years ago. And you and I probably talked about it on the podcast back then also, but we sure um, did. <laughs> they've been doing it all these years and it's really been a valuable source of market data for all of us who follow what's happening in the industry. And um, one of the key numbers that jumped out was that connected TVs accounted for 62% of ad views on devices in the second half of 2020. And that was up from 50% in the first half of 2020. So, you know, to be sure that is influenced by the pandemic and the lockdown. And, you know, we've heard about, we've talked about all that in the past. Um, Freewheel also did one thing. They reclassified how ad views on IP apps that are viewed through pay TV operator set top box boxes are included. Are, are counted. So now they're included with CTVs. I think in the past that they were accounted as part of set-top box viewing, um, and they did not break out exactly what that percentage is. But um, be t- but set-top box ad views actually dropped from 23% in the first half to 14%. So that would be um, a, a 9% nine points drop, and the combination of CTV and STB still actually increased to 76% in the second half from 73% in the first half. So even if you assume, you know, whatever uh, assumption you make on the STV drop together, they still accounted for more than three quarters of the uh, ad views on, um, on uh, devices, according to Freewheel. 
And so CTVs again look look strong and, and Roku and Amazon continued their place as the biggest CTV players. So together they accounted for 72% of all connected TV ad views. Roku had 43% share and Amazon had 29% share. And once you get past those two big ones, it's it's a long way to, to third place. And I think we've discussed this before actually, but uh, Freewheel has gaming consoles as a group in third at 8%, followed by smart TVs uh, as a group and Chromecast each with 7% and everybody else at 6%. So again, the CTV ad, or ad view space really seems to be dominated by Roku and Amazon. And um, just one other, I thought, interesting piece of data from the VMR was that they found that 70% of ad views occurred through distributors and only 30% on owned and operated uh, properties. And of that 70, 37%, 37 points, um, came through a streaming service and 25% through a pay TV operator, 8% through a virtual pay TV operator. So um, I think that also speaks to how much adoption there's been of the ad supported streaming services and uh, you know, and and the fact that um, you know the dis- the distribution is, I think, critical for all of these different uh, ad-supported services or fast services. The you know getting distribution is is critical to driving consumption and ad views. So, anyway, uh, that was sort of one piece of data, one data source that we were looking at this week. I don't know if you had any reactions to that, or you want to talk about the Nielsen data that you followed closely. Yeah, I'll get to the Nielsen data in just a minute, Will, but uh, there's some really standout things there. First of all, I think the change that Freewheel made, which is taking the app usage on the STBs and putting that in with the other apps, I think that's a really good change. Uh, That brings a lot of clarity because I think it's definitely the apps that are driving that usage, not the the STBs per se. So I think that's that's a really good change. The dominance of Roku and Fire TV of the advertising market is really pretty darn remarkable. Um, you know, Roku has had tremendous success with the Roku channel, and I, I note that even as others uh, maybe struggled a little bit in, um, in 2020 due to the pullback in advertising uh, due to the pandemic, um, Roku managed to consistently grow its ARPU month, uh, you know, uh, quarter in, quarter out last last year. So that's I think that's really remarkable. The thing that's most remarkable is in those numbers. I don't even think they broke out Apple TV, did they? No. So uh, you know, this is this has to be a huge missed opportunity for Apple TV. I know they're purists about advertising and personal data and all of that but it seems like you know the the services that are enabled by by ads i.e free viewing are just as valued i think by apple apple users as they are by the rest of us so i really a mystery to me why apple isn't at least participating in some way in this market it seems like they they really should be, um, but that's just remarkable. Seventy two percent going to Roku and Fire TV. That's yeah. that's a pretty big number. But but you're right, Colin. I mean, Apple has basically opted out of the whole advertising world, and you know is sort of taking the higher ground of 
not wanting to impinge upon their users' privacy uh, or you know create any questions about user privacy or data use. So um, they are, it, you know, it's not surprising they're, they're not going to show up. They're not going to show up in any of these CTV ad um, data uh, grabs that we that we discuss on the podcast or anywhere else. Yeah, I think it's a huge mistake on their part. I mean, the fact that 70% of the viewing uh, of the ads viewed are through distributors, um, that, that's a great opportunity for them. It's also a great opportunity, for, I think, for them to boost dwell time. I think one of the things that Roku and Fire TV are both benefiting from is by providing a free alternative they really encourage people to spend more time on their devices than on other devices. And so, you know, it just, it, I think it just makes so much sense for them to participate. So I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see them join in at some point in the future. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Send an email to Tim Cook. I don't have him on speed dial, Will. So, uh, or or in my or, or in my database, they protect him very carefully. But uh, maybe he's listening to the podcast. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you were, as I mentioned, you were also following data from Nielsen this week, Colin, uh, which also substantiated the rise of connected TVs. So, we want to talk about that data as well. It certainly did, Will. It was pretty clear. So, this is. Connected TV, well, the, the data we're going to talk about is from Nielsen's total audience report for Q3 2020. So that's a, a couple of quarters behind us here. But it was still right in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, boy, it certainly looks like from this data that connected TV really carried the full burden of pandemic view, viewing in Q3. I know that there was a big spike in traditional TV usage at the beginning of the pandemic but it really looks from this data like that cooled down pretty dramatically so i'll just give a couple of the high notes there from from the data will the first one is that at least according to nielsen traditional tv lost about 10 million viewers in q3 versus q3 uh, q3 2020 versus q3 2019 which was a pretty big decline um, for for any period, um, and at the same time, connected TV picked up 24 million viewers during that period. So those are those are some bit pretty big swings, and it really does speak to one of the things. I think one of the things that we saw and we've seen in other data is that there was a big uptick in people adding subscription video on demand services, and I think. Part, that was definitely part of it. Another part of it was by Q3, uh, the real full extent of the lockdown impact on the production process had really been felt by Hollywood and the rest of the television industry. And of course, in Q3 is when we get the full season premieres. And I think what ended up happening there was there just wasn't much of a full season premiere season. There were a lot of unscripted, which I think found their way out to consumers. But there really wasn't much new to watch on television. And so if you wanted to watch something new, you were really forced into getting getting on SVOD. And that really was borne out pretty clearly uh, by the numbers that we saw from, from Nielsen. And there was a pretty dramatic increase in the use of 
connected TVs uh, hours spent. So if you look at those people that used connected TVs, and that is over 50% of the population now, um, you see that on average, it increased to 1.6 hours uh, per day, which is a pretty substantial growth. Uh, and 18 to 34 year olds and 35 to 49 year olds were using the most there. But I got to tell you, even even those people in the, in the much older age group, the 60, 65 plus, were using almost you know an hour and a half a day. So, in fact, those they were the biggest. Uh, the, they grew the most. They grew from one hour and twenty-two per day in Q3 2019 to one hour and one hour point four four seven in uh, Q3 2020. So they really were the biggest growth uh, users uh, in in this period. And this really speaks to the maturity of the market. You know, um, even laggards, people who have been staunchly sat behind traditional television even they are beginning to come now to connected television the last thing is i really wanted to talk about the share of the total share of tv time between connected tv and traditional tv and there we saw a really big shift so what nielsen says in q3 2018 so i've gone back a couple of years there to to get the full to get the full impact and he said about 86 percent of tv time was spent with traditional tv that's live and um and time shifted and 14 percent with connected tv that's really shifted dramatically it's now 77 percent live and time shifted tv 23% connected TV and and that so that's on average will so i think what what that really means is in homes that have adopted connected TV it's way more and certainly the the hours spent viewing suggests it's way more because i think the average person watches just over 4 hours and Nielsen saying the average connected TV user is using about 1.6 hours connected TV so in those homes, connected TV now is is really at least a third and approaching a half of the TV time that people are spending. So it really looked to me, from this data at least, that connected TV really took the lion's share of the growth in usage due to pandemic viewing in between Q3 uh, in 2019 and Q3 2020. Yeah, and Colin, what did you make of the um, the 1.6 uh, hours per day spent with a connected TV? That, as you just mentioned, that's that's low relative to the amount of time that Nielsen says the average viewer watches TV. So, do you think that they're using other devices other than their connected TV, or do you think that connected TV viewers are watching less than the average, or some other explanation? Well, typically, uh, typically people, the, the vast majority of the viewing of TV type content is on the television. And certainly if you look at Nielsen's data, you know, the, the amount of time they spend with video focused apps on a tablet or on a smartphone is much lower. So I'm just looking at their data right now and they say 
and this is um, average time spent per day for, by the average adult. I mean, it's pretty small, so if we look at smartphone, they're spending about 15 minutes a day with the smartphone and about eight minutes a day with a tablet. And this is, this is in a video-focused app, so we don't know that they're watching video for the whole time. They may be browsing, looking for video, but that's, that's what the Nielsen data tells us. So it's quite a bit smaller, and I'll, I'll, I would say that's the average uh, for the average adult. So you know, maybe you can double that. Uh, if you want to talk about actual users, people who really use those, but that's still relatively small versus the TV. It's it's really is all about the TV. Right, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so uh, so those were two. Anything else you want to say on Nielsen or? No, I mean it just it's just really reinforced how quickly now connected tv is becoming an essential part of everybody's viewing and i really do mean everybody in the past you know it's been pretty pretty weak usage in the over 65s and that's not true anymore they're coming in force they're really joining um joining everybody else and in in this revolution in watching connected tv right so we know that consumption on connected TV is both um, SVOD and AVOD and it's also um, as we said before it could be apps from virtual pay TV providers so it could actually be linear on a connected TV but um, to sort of tie together some of what all of this means in terms of the advertising revenue that's at stake here uh, what also caught my attention this week was a new forecast from the analyst Moffat Nathanson who said that the combined, the combination of YouTube and AVOD advertising in the US alone, they're forecasting to grow from 19 billion in 2021 to approximately 53 billion in 2025. And that's a 29% compound annual growth, uh, growth rate. And as they saw or um, suggested in 2021 where uh, YouTube is accounting for almost two-thirds of um, spending. They see that at about two-thirds of spending in 2025. So of that $53 billion, they forecast that YouTube will take a, over $35 billion, while all other AVOD providers will split the remaining 33%, or about $17.5 billion. So, um, you know, this is not, a, I think, a perfect alignment with connected TV. But I think it's probably fair to say that uh, a lot of this 35 billion or 53 billion, possibly even more, depending upon how you want to classify the advertising in linear TV that's consumed on connected TV, um, it could be even more than that. But uh, is pretty bullish forecast, and and I liked how they broke out this layer of ad spending as what they called is part of the uh, marketing funnel is what they called a new mid to top layer. So sitting just below the top of funnel, brand advertising that is of course traditionally dominated by TV spending. Um, and above what they see as sort of a mid funnel, which is more of the um, kind of digital and social media, really uh, a category that's dominated by Facebook. But what they like about this quote unquote mid to top layer of the funnel is that it provides the the ability to have targeted advertising uh, within longer form video content. So you know, to some extent, it's this idea of blending the best of 
the reach and the lean back experience that traditional TV gives with digital's targeting, measurability, and attribution. So um, that I think is an interesting concept for us to keep in mind going forward is to think about this type of advertising on YouTube and AVOD and maybe even the fast services as this kind of mid to top layer. Um, and they see um, this being funded not only out of better uh, targeting and more small to medium sized businesses coming into market, but also commerce and the ability to target uh, viewers with an ad that will convert to some type of a purchase. And that's something that we've um, certainly seen. YouTube has already been talking about their success with those kinds of direct response ads. And um, Amazon's been talking about them and NBC Universal. So I, I think we're gonna see more of that going forward. And overall, just a, a very bullish forecast from Moffat Nathanson on the opportunity for, again, this sort of mid to top layer of the funnel, these ads from YouTube and Ava. Right, and I should I should mention that those those data are for the U.S. only, not, yes, not US international. Only. Yes. Um, so that that's pretty interesting. It's also interesting <laughs> the dominance that YouTube is exerting uh, in their mind. I, we we talked about YouTube, I think, uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast, uh, based on some some data that Google gave us. And we were trying to figure out just before we were talking about how much how much of that 19 billion might be due to the 19 billion that Moffitt Navison is talking about this this year might be due to YouTube. And it's got to be at least half, right? Uh, Maybe 10 billion or more, right? I think more than half. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it was close, close to two thirds. I'll check that while you continue talking. uh, Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's. That that's pretty remarkable and really speaks to just how dominant dominant YouTube has been in this market. And I've got to tell you that um, we we I think we talked about connected TV specifically connected TV advertising as well a couple of weeks ago, and um, there was some speculation about where this is coming from because we aren't still seeing massive declines in the TV spend, the traditional TV spend. And there was some speculation that that, that was actually coming from other digital advertising pools that, they were, that, that were now pulling into, um, into connected TV. But I gotta tell you, going to 53 billion, this has gotta start impacting traditional TV. We know that a lot of YouTube viewing now is taking place on the television. And as you say, the brand advertising is typically uh, television, television advertising, and so we would expect that to go through connected TV as well. So I got to, I got to, if this really happens, moving to fifty-three billion by by what was it, twenty twenty-four, twenty twenty-five? Twenty-five, yeah. Yeah, um, that's gonna. Some of that is gonna come out of the television ad spend, right? Yeah. So, and just actually, just to quickly answer the earlier question, they 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 um, say that an estimated sixty-five percent of that nineteen billion this year would go to YouTube. So, what's that? Maybe twelve billion or so. Yeah, something uh, like twelve billion. Yeah, yeah that 12 makes billion sense. That's, that certainly jibes with the data that we we discussed before, right? Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good estimate. And and then to your point also about how does this impact TV advertising? Um, they, I think, see it as staying roughly flat at about 70 billion. Again, this is U.S. only, about 70 billion in 2025. So, um, and that's, I think, uh, also reflecting a greater share of total top of funnel 
ad spending, but that category they think is going to decline by about uh, $9 billion or so to about $100 billion in 2025. So yeah, I, I, but you know, I think generally speaking to your point, uh, it's hard not to believe that some of that traditional TV advertising is going to be moving over to YouTube and AVOD uh, over these next five years. Right, right. I think so. Uh, but you know what, Will? I think uh, we've, we've, uh, we've dealt with data for long enough for our yeah. audience. I, th- I think it's <laughs> probably enough. time for us to give them a bit of a rest. Fair enough. When we get started, right, we can just keep going. Um, so, yeah, good, good conversation this week, Colin. And we have a, uh, hopefully a little bit of a surprise in store for our listeners next week. I hope so. We'll hold on for that for right now. We'll leave that as a teaser. So, Colin, good chatting as always, and thanks everybody for listening in on this week's edition of the Video News End Screen Media Podcast, and we will see you all again next week.